Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Die-hard conservative. I to this guy for wisdom. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show, everyone. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. I am here back in the flesh with my co-captain, the captain. And uh, look, I, I, I really appreciate it. I've received some messages from some of you. Uh, missing, missing my voice. I don't know if it's my voice, but certainly the podcast and, and what I have to say. And and I, that meant a lot. It was really hard for me not to to be behind the microphone. I just, I had to do it. Uh, I, I explained why with a book and all of that. That's gone well. I went from 90,000 words to about 54,000 words. There's a little bit more to do on the book, but I'm almost there. So thank you. I hope everyone uh, enjoyed their long weekend. Oh, no, it was Memorial Day. Remember when Kamala Harris said that, Captain? Was that last year? Enjoy the long weekend. These people are such scumbags. They really are. You know, but Trump, Trump, of course, he's the one who disgraces losers and suckers. That that hoax, right? But anyway, really, I I hope everyone got the time to relax a little bit and enjoy their their Memorial Day weekend. It's one of those things I you know, happy Memorial Day. It's not it's not an occasion where you where you're happy. It's an odd, odd thing when you're talking about Memorial Day and, and the long weekend there. Uh, it's a time to really reflect and be grateful. I, I know I did, and I got to spend some time with, obviously, my young daughter, who's two months old now, and my wife, and with grandma. So all that said, there's just so much to get into. Look, I want to talk about I want to talk about the debt ceiling. I want to weigh in on Ron DeSantis announcing his bid for the presidency. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just, just forewarned to forewarn you, I'm going to upset some of you. That's not my intention, of course, but, you know, bear with me. You know, we're, we're level-headed here. We're adults. We've got to have some truthful and honest discussions about what's going on. There's, there's really, like DeSantis or not, like Trump or not, there are really nefarious forces that are trying to hijack the Republican Party right now and destroy us from within, as usual, to, to take back conservatism from us. And it's like they do, did with Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, I mean... Ronald Reagan, one of the most popular presidents in American history. You would think that every Republican would want to ride that train and keep that train going, but that's not what happened. The the establishment Republicans lamented Reagan. They lamented conservatism. They didn't like Reagan, and they could not wait for him to be out of there. They couldn't wait for his second term to finish so that they could take back the party. They said this. There are But they're on the record saying things like, you know, there's going to be no natural place for conservatives in this Republican Party after after Reagan is gone. So we got that. We've got this really unbelievable assault on Christians, Republicans. This is really dangerous what's going on. I call this 21st century Jim Crow. That's what the Democratic Party is establishing in America. They've been up to this for a while, and they're, they're really creeping towards 
while normalizing, obviously, discrimination against conservatism. And frankly, the ultimate objective is to basically ban, ban voices of dissent by labeling us terrorists and justifying that in some way. This is what the Nazi party did. And remember, the Democratic Party, all they do is project, 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 project. Everything they're saying about Trump, everything they're saying about you and me, it's really a reflection on who they are as individuals. But they don't want the spotlight put on them. They don't want people having discussions about who the Democratic Party really is. They want to keep the the focus on Trump at all times to cover up for their sins. Well, let, let, let's dig into this 21st century Jim Crow first, actually. You know, the reason I thought of this today is because I saw a video. There was, a, I don't know if you saw this, Captain. Another one bites the dust. Another castrated, pathetic male who doesn't have the guts to actually stand up for what's right. He caved again to the left. This is, I'm talking about the Toronto Blue Jays pitcher. His name's Anthony Bass. Now, I've got, I've got the, the, the clip. Cue up cut two, Captain. I want you to hear his apology. Now, what is it that Anthony Bass did that warranted this public apology to the world? Did his daughter release a diary that accused him of showering inappropriately with her, like Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley? No, no, that's, that's not what he's apologizing for. Is he apologizing for a drunken bar fight he was in? No, 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 no nothing like that. Did he, did he attack somebody or get in a fight? Did he, did he call somebody like the Democrats in this country domestic terrorists, like they like to call us? No, he didn't do any of that. What did he do? He shared a video on his own personal social media supporting the boycotts of Target and Bud Light. A boycott, by the way, that the majority of Americans support. Target lost something like $10 billion in their value after they tried to groom children with these grand displays of pride onesies for toddlers with satanic symbols on them. This is one of those things. If you are a parent in the United States of America, if you have children, if you have grandchildren, it is unfathomable to me how any parent in this country could vote for Joe Biden or any Democrat, given their platform is directly targeting children with this really, really disgusting amoral grooming agenda because remember this this is what i try to explain to people you know if you're an adult and you're out there and you want to wear your pride stuff i I, you know whatever i can disagree but i don't care but what is pride what is the celebration of lgbtq plus at its heart at the root it's a celebration of sexuality right if you're celebrating being gay or being a lesbian or whatever You're celebrating sexuality because by virtue of that admission and celebration, it acknowledges attractedness to the same sex, for example, right? 
So that's the whole problem with this to begin with. So when you're trying to put pride, LGBTQ plus support, whatever, on some five-year-old, you're celebrating sexuality. And this is what is so sick and unbelievable. How anybody cannot be outraged by this kind of nonsense. Can you imagine, Captain, if Target... Now, I'm, I'm, I'm coming at this from... Imagine if you're a leftist, a Marxist in this country. Imagine your reaction or their reaction if Target, instead of grooming children, putting a bunch of LGBTQ pride celebration onesies on display, imagine if they put up a pro-life section celebrating life, celebrating the unborn. You wouldn't just have bomb threats from the left. You would have bombs exploding. But we'll get into that more in a minute. Pro-Jesus as well. That's a great point, Captain. Imagine if there was anything related to religion being put on display front and center at Target. And this is what I mean, the 21st century Jim Crow, what is permissible and what is not. Their agenda is permissible. Not only is it permissible, but you must accept it. And if you don't accept it, you're going to be punished, attacked, penalized, and so on and so forth. And that's why I bring up Anthony Bass. Now, before I play this video of Anthony Bass, who's the latest castrated male to acknowledge it in public, an athlete, right? These guys are supposed to be full of testosterone. They're supposed to be heroes. We're supposed to have their baseball cards celebrating them as heroes. But there's nothing to celebrate about Anthony Bass. And I don't know Anthony Bass, obviously. He's not a friend of mine. I don't hate this guy. But in choosing what he chose to do, which is to be a castrated male, he must be made an example of. So in the summer of 2020, you remember the summer of love while BLM was looting and burning cities to the ground, right? Over two, like $2 billion in damage was done. People were killed. Over a couple dozen people died in those riots. Well, MLB players got together and they released a video in support of BLM. Now, BLM is very controversial. I mean, it's based on a lie. But it was also a violent Marxist movement. They acknowledged that themselves. So these baseball players were celebrating Marxism, celebrating revolution, because at the root of Marxism is revolution. That's what it calls for. That's what Saul Alinsky called for, right? The, the, the great messiah of the Democratic Party that still bases their entire strategy. Community organizers, agitators, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, they are all students of Saul Alinsky, a Marxist who called for revolution in America, just like what happened in Russia, for example, or at other places in, 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 around the world. And so these, so BLM, MLB players, if you do it backwards, it's BLM. MLB is BLM. Anyway, these MLB players, they released a video in support of BLM, which at the time was violently rioting throughout the United States of America under the false pretense of social justice. That was, of course, when you weren't allowed to go outside or go to restaurants. You weren't allowed to go and sit with your neighbors. 
You weren't allowed to do anything. You were supposed to lock down in your home, quarantine, so on and so forth. But of course, the experts made exceptions for BLM because they said social justice is more important than public health. There's always an exception for them. But while all that was going on, these people made a video in support of it. Were any of these Major League Baseball players that were featured in that video endorsing BLM? Were they forced to go and give a public confession of their sins? To apologize to the many Americans who had lost their businesses, for example, or lost loved ones in these riots? Did that happen? Of course not. Because that was part of the 21st century Jim Crow. That was an approved message of the left. But here you have... A Blue Jays pitcher, Anthony Bass, sharing a video on his personal social media supporting boycotts of Target and Bud Light, which are in the crosshairs. Target, of course, for just diabolically grooming children, targeting children with sexual innuendo and messaging. And Bud Light, of course, who is directly assaulting women's rights in America by putting some, whatever, some long-haired man claiming to be a woman on their beer can to sell beer. And the majority of Americans agree with Anthony Bass. And yet here is Anthony Bass forced to grovel at the feet of the left. Play cut two, Captain. Makes me sad. Go. I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and share with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. We want to welcome everybody. Well, they don't want to welcome us. They don't want to welcome Christians in this country. They don't. I mean, the Dodgers are hosting this disgusting group which mocks Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm so tired of this. And you know what he alluded to there? He says he's using Toronto Blue Jays resources to better educate himself. He's sending himself to a re-education camp. That's what's happening. He's taking a bunch of little online courses or reading a bunch of propaganda and material, indoctrination material to get right with the Marxists. It's unbelievable. Hurtful to the community. The Alphabet Mafia should be apologizing and groveling at our feet for going after our children. And that's what a man would have said. A man would have gotten on camera and said, I'm not going to apologize. You guys can apologize to me. Because if I take my child into Target, I have to explain to them sexuality. I have my little kid asking what this means, LGBT, why is there a, a Satan on a shirt over here? I have to explain that to them. You're going after our children with the drag story hours and everything else. We know what you're up to, and it's sick and it has no place in America. Go do it in some private dark room, hidden in secrecy, away from our kids. Stay away from our kids because you're deviants. That's what should have happened. But instead, he's sorry for hurting. Our children are the victims. That community is the most protected community in world history. You can't talk about them. You can't even disagree with them. Or you're going to be treated like Anthony Bass 
and forced, forced, compelled to join a movement that frankly has no business being forced down the throat of the American people. And, and you know what? Baseball players should boycott their own game, just like they did with BLM. You had, I think it was in the, in the NBA in 2020 when they were playing in the bubble or something like that. They boycotted their own game to protest, you know, I, I don't know, the, the latest narrative in the media about police brutality against blacks in America. But, you know, Dodgers are having that Christian hate group. It's called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And they're mocking Jesus. Now, do you, do you remember when Clinton Obama, under the Obama administration, remember when they put that guy in jail for putting a video online that made fun of, in some way, Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad in Islam? They blamed the entire Benghazi attacks on this guy, which was a lie. But they put him in jail over it. Here you have the Sisters of per- Perpetual Indulgence, who repeatedly, and, and, and it's well known and documented because they've been out there doing this for a long time, they make fun of nuns, they make fun of Catholics, they make fun of Jesus Christ himself. They have these, these uh, buff Jesus competitions and so on and so forth. Just, it's just absurd, these attacks. But Anthony Bass, he just joined the ranks of John Cena. Remember John Cena? He was over in Taiwan promoting whatever the, the franchise was, Fast and Furious or whatever, installment 37, 372. And he, 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 he without any intention, just in talking about Taiwan and being grateful and making an appearance in Taiwan as they were premiering his movie, made a comment about Taiwan. He called Taiwan a country. And of course, the Chinese believe Taiwan belongs to China. And what, what was John Cena's fate for simply making that statement? Well, he gave an apology in Mandarin, in Mandarin, on camera to the communist Chinese apologizing. Houston Rockets GM, Daryl Morey, Remember him back in 2019? He was forced to apologize for expressing support for uh, protesters in Hong Kong. June 2022, you had Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio, remember him? Washington Commander's Defensive Coordinator. He had the audacity to, to state the truth. He correctly stated during some press conference that the supposed January 6th insurrection was little more than a dust-up compared to the BLM riots of 2020 in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. That was a correct statement. And what happened? He was threatened with fines, and he groveled just like Anthony Bass, another castrated male in society. And the thing is, all of these people have opportunities to lead. All these people have opportunities to set the tone. Just like I say... You know, when I when I sit here and I'm, you know, I'm 36, whatever, I do this show, the podcast. And my hope is that in speaking up, always my hope is that somebody listening out there, somebody who's a millennial, someone who's even a Zoomer, says, wow, Drew Allen's speaking up. And that gives somebody else courage to speak the truth as well. That is my hope. And that's what these people, they have massive audiences, massive followings, well beyond what I have at my fingertips and disposal at this exact moment. And they don't have the courage, the courage to stand for what's true. 
And like I said, the majority of Americans back their point of view. We agree with them. And yet they cave to this small minority because that's the 21st century Jim Crow. You had Gina Carano. That's another one. February 2021, fired by her agent, talent agency, UTA. She was fired from her job as an actress on the Disney series Mandalorian for what? For what? For making an astute historical comparison between the political climate in Nazi Germany and the political climate in America during COVID. Which, of course, the comparison was proven true when she was axed for speaking her mind. And this is part of the campaign to normalize this kind of discrimination. To beat us into silence. And it's coming. It's coming. Right now, these 21st century Jim Crow laws, they're unofficial in many ways. They're not sanctioned by the government yet. But that's the ultimate objective, and that's what's coming. And I've got a couple articles here that I, I want to I share with you to point out how this movement's going. Now, the first is, you've heard Joe Biden and the Democratic Party repeatedly assert that white supremacy is the greatest threat to the homeland. It's absurd. They say that white supremacy is a greater threat than even terrorism. Like 9-11 kind of terrorism. These are the kinds of hyperbolic, absurd statements they're making. Just like when they say January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Really? The Civil War? 600,000 Americans? Died? And you're comparing January 6th to the Civil War? You I called somebody a, I'm sure they deserved it and, you know, whatever. I called somebody a a retard on this show uh, last week. My wife didn't like it. She said it was, she said it was mean. She's right, of course. But, you know, I just, sometimes you just, there aren't other words to describe what's happening. I just, I run out of words for these people. I run out of words. All right. So the left is doing something very devious, as always. And of course, they're depending upon the ignorance of the American citizenry to accomplish this. Now, they talk about the right-left political spectrum in the United States of America. This is, uh, all right, I need some theme. I've got to find theme music to introduce Drew University sessions, Captain. But look. The, the, the left-right political spectrum, as we speak about in this country, doesn't exist. All right? So let me explain. Democrats claim to be on the left. Republicans are on the right. Democrats also claim that Donald Trump and MAGA represent far-right extremism, a.k.a. fascism. Now, In correct terms, communism is a far-left ideology. Fascism is a far-right ideology. 
But fascism and communism are essentially the same, with very minor distinctions. Both are based on socialism. So socialism is an ideology, correct? It doesn't have an enforcement mechanism. Socialism is the concept that you don't have private property rights. It's the, the idea and the belief, the political philosophy that, that uh, private ownership is akin to selfishness. It's the belief in, well, this communalism. You don't have individual rights, you have collective rights. Now, socialism is the root of communism. Communism takes it a step farther. Communism, communism gives the state the authority to enforce socialism. So they put together the bureaucrats and so on and so forth that rule over you, and they make sure and tell you what to do so that you, that socialism is the law of the land. Now, fascism does the same thing. Now, the, the founder, the inventor of fascism was an Italian named Giovanni Gentile. This is at the same time, of course, of Mussolini, who popularized fascism. But Giovanni Gentile asserted outright that socialism was the root of fascism. Fascism, in fact, was socialism, he claimed. Now, the only difference in fascism is that whereas communism doesn't allow it, it prohibits private property, private ownership, private uh, enterprise, right? It's all run by the state, controlled by the state. Well, fascism superficially allows you to have a private company, but it demands that that company serve the interests of the state. So it ends up being the same thing. And the Democratic Party is fascistic, by the way, just to continue down Drew University here. Which party is it? So if fascism, for example, fascism forces private enterprise to serve the interests and the agenda of the state. So which party is it, for example, that is using the EPA and other unelected bureaucrats and the climate change agenda to end the fossil fuel industry and replace it with so-called green new energy, electric, cars, and so on and so forth. See, that's fascism. It's fascism when you try and ban fossil fuels, when you try and prohibit companies, automobile manufacturers, from producing any new gas-powered vehicles by 20, 2035, which is what the Biden administration has proposed. One second, water. So it's actually the Democratic Party, which is both far left and far right. They're both fascist, right? They're using the FBI, the police state, essentially, to go after conservatives, as we've been explaining. And they are Marxist and they are socialist. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she is an avowed socialist. She calls herself, what, a, a Democrat socialist or whatever. So these people are, are proud socialists. So it's the Democrats who are fascist, fascists and communists. So anyway, so the Democrats lean on this. They say, oh, the right in America, right? You and me, the far right, MAGA, constitutionalists, people who believe in the law, who believe in the Bill of Rights. We're far right. And so fascism is far right. And so they are putting together, conflating two terms that have nothing in common. Right. So this is my point. So they are they, they claim, of course, that the far right white nationalism, that that's far right. So therefore, because MAGA's far right, we are ergo white nationalists. 
and white supremacy. You see how disgusting they are? So Reuters in February, they put out this article, white supremacists behind over 80% of extremism-related U.S. murders in 2022. You see, they're trying to manufacture this white supremacy problem in America. Meanwhile, in Chicago, on any given weekend, you've got at least two dozen, if not 60, black individuals shot in gang violence, children, adults, and so on and so forth. That's far more dangerous than any white supremacy. So they say mass shootings in the United States accounted for most extremism-related fatalities last year in the country. Over 80% of those murders committed by white supremacists Data released by the Anti-Defamation League. Wow, the ADL, a far-left Marxist organization. The advocacy, advocacy group labeled 25 murders in 2022 as extremist-related, with 18 of those committed in whole or part for ideological motives. Now, they point to two mass shootings in 2022 to claim that white supremacy is the greatest threat to the homeland. So you had the Buffalo shooting at the Buffalo supermarket. That's true. And that individual had a manifesto. And it's true that he was an avowed white supremacist, but he was also an avowed eco-socialist who hated Fox News. Now, the far right, Republicans, conservatives, MAGA, we do not espouse white supremacy. We denounce it. It has nothing to do with us. Now, perfect example. Uh, What was his name? Robert Spencer, I think was his name. Maybe some of you remember but he, he, he's an avowed white nationalist, right? So 2016, Spencer voted for Donald Trump. And what did the Democrats say? Oh, look, uh, MAGA and Donald Trump, they're the leaders of white supremacy. They're, they're motivating white supremacists because this guy supported Donald Trump. Now, in 2020, guess who Spencer voted for? It wasn't Donald Trump. He changed his vote and he voted for Joe Biden. But the Democratic Party didn't say, oh, Joe Biden suddenly is the spokesperson for white supremacy in America because a white supremacist voted for him and supported him in the election. You see how this works? So, and then they point to the other one. November, in Colorado Springs, you had five people killed in an LGBTQ nightclub. Now, what's the problem with the nightclub example they're using as white supremacy? The guy used pronouns. He was non-binary. That is... That is an exclusive left-wing ideology. We reject that. But they're claiming these two instances are examples of white supremacy? And they're somehow related to you and me and MAGA and so on and so forth? It's absurd. And so they're trying to build this case to lump us in. And that's where I'm going with this. They're trying to, to lie to people and continue to push this. They're using the government to do it. They're using colleges and universities to push this agenda. To make more and more people in this country, to deceive them into believing that you and me, if you are a Republican or conservative, that you are also a radical Nazi. It's so sick. So the Biden Department of Homeland Security, they funded a program that highlighted a video conflating conservatives and Nazis in its grant application. So the the Biden administration is actually funding programs with taxpayer dollars at universities whose aim is to push this narrative that white supremacy, Nazism, is somehow related to, built into conservatism or even Christianity. 
So the DHS program, it's called the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program. They've distributed nearly 40 million to various public, private, and nonprofit organizations. By the way, as we have this debt ceiling debate, there's another 40 million. All this stuff adds up. They just piss this money away to this program and that program that is devoted to what? Upending constitutional rights and destroying their political opponents. I mean, I've never seen such a wide-scale weaponization of the government in the United States. I mean, this is, this is unprecedented and historic. Another historic for the Biden administration, the worst president in American history. So what is, you know, the, the old assumption or understanding of terrorism was what? Al-Qaeda? Islamic extremists, the weather underground, left-wing groups. I mean, those are the terrorists. But now they want to claim falsely that we are terrorists. So they're not, they're not focused on Islamic extremism. They're not focused on Iran. They're not focused on any of those actual terrorist organizations. They're not worried about sex trafficking or child trafficking at the border with Mexican cartels. No. These nonprofits that are being funded with your taxpayer dollars are fighting who? You and me. So there's a couple examples. University of Dayton, they were awarded $352,109 to establish its Prevents Ohio program. In its grant application, the university included footage from a conference in which University of Cincinnati research fellow Michael Lodenthal presented a pyramid of far-right radicalization charts. The chart presents mainstream conservative news outlets and organizations like the Heritage Foundation, Fox News, the National Rifle Association, PragerU, Turning Point USA, and the Christian Broadcasting Network as dangerous pipelines to neo-Nazism. Well, I just told you about the Buffalo shooter. He was a white supremacist, and he hated Fox News. So I don't see the... uh, Am I missing something? So Lodenthal, he's bragged about his affiliation with Antifa. And his Twitter feed is rife with posts celebrating acts of left-wing violence, often against police officers. This is a Marxist, right? This is what I'm talking about with revolution. In a different seminar titled White Nationalism Workshop, Lodenthal instructed listeners on how to destabilize political movements. That'd be ours. By creating fake social media accounts on free speech platforms such as Telegram, Gab, and Rumble. A lot of things we're doing are illegal, he told the audience. A lot of it involves breaking the law. And I've had many conversations with the FBI about this. Lodenthal explained how once he and other anti-fascists, again, they're the fascists, this is what they call themselves, identify right-wing individuals or organizations. They dox them by contacting employees. This is what I'm saying. This is ordained by the FBI. This is ordained by the left. Going after and destroying the lives of their political opponents. It's just... What happened to our country? 
Well, I know there are a bunch of horrible American citizens out there, and I'm sorry to say this, who think this is fine, who believe this stuff. I mean, that's, and it's the same people doing it. We went from slavery to Jim Crow, and it was, of course, Democrats who thought that was cool. Don't let the blacks in. Don't let the blacks drink at the water fountain. Don't let the blacks work here. Don't let the blacks stay at the hotels or go to the movie theaters because they're black. Well, now it's conservatives. The Democratic Party has not changed at all. Not an iota. All right, let's get into this debt ceiling. Actually, let's not do the debt ceiling. Now the time has come for me to rock the boat. Are you ready? Now, I don't really care. I mean, I'll, I'll give a disclaimer because I, I really appreciate all of you that listen and, and you're my brothers and sisters. So I just do this out of respect. You know, I have plenty of friends, especially in this industry, people that work in radio, people on TV too, they're hosts. And many of them have uh, become never Trumpers. They are all only DeSantis supporters now. And I, I got some really hard truth. Now, look, I'm not attacking. I want to be, I really do want to be very clear. Firstly, I think DeSantis has been a wonderful governor of Florida. I believe that. That's a genuine statement. What he did uh, throughout COVID and so on and so forth was, uh, I mean, he made Florida the, the, the beacon of liberty for the world, honestly, in, in some ways. And of course, he's very strong on, uh, you know, the, the culture issues and stuff like that. But I, I want to try and come at this from a few angles. Now, what, what, the reason I lead with that saying, look, I think DeSantis is, uh, has been a great governor is that I, I don't want to contradict myself either because I, I believe in a robust primary. I think it's important that Trump, I, I, the way I view the primaries and the way I view these debates, Republican debates, is all of these people challenging Trump should view themselves like somebody who's preparing Trump when he's already the nominee for the debates against the Democrats, right? They, they should view themselves as preppers. They should view themselves as people who are tasked with keeping Trump sharp. That said, what's very important for you and myself, all of us. Because this, it's going to get very ugly in the Republican Party. I'm just, I'm just, you already see it. It's going to get worse. And at the end of the day, we need to still focus our attention on what the Democratic Party is doing to America. That's, that's kind of priority one in some ways. We can't lose sight of that. And there's going to be a lot of meanness, a lot of cruelty amongst even conservatives, Republicans divided about who they support, Trump, DeSantis, and so on and so forth. I I wish some of that wasn't going to happen. I'm a realist. It's going to happen. But at the end of the day, we need to remember that we're on the same team. We we really do. Because what I'm seeing is, is very dangerous to our chances in 2024. Uh, And the motivations is what I have a problem with. So look, 
I want to address some of the bad reasons to be a never-Trumper and an only DeSantis supporter right now. The first is what I call Trump fatigue syndrome. That is, uh, some of you perhaps, many people I know, even in my own family, who are so tired of the miserable and hostile atmosphere in America because of the constant attacks against Trump and them by association. They want it to stop. They want peace. But the fatal flaw in that course of thinking is in thinking that Trump's the problem and the Democratic Party and the media aren't the problem. If you think that DeSantis being the nominee instead of Trump is going to make your life more peaceful, you have another thing coming for you. Get on Google if you have 10 minutes. Do a search about DeSantis. Type in DeSantis, DeSantis, fascist. Type in DeSantis, Hitler. They're saying the same things already about DeSantis that they were saying about Trump. Some articles and some left-wing media sites have gone so far as to say that DeSantis is even worse than Trump. So that should not be your reason for supporting DeSantis. Another issue I have is this belief that new blood, having DeSantis, that that is a, uh, a benefit, right? So people say, oh, Trump, he's too bogged down in scandal. He's too dirtied. No one's going to support him anymore. We need somebody who isn't, who isn't, who hasn't been twice impeached. Who ha- this is a mistake. This is a mistake, too. You know, the benefit, actually, see, see this is a Trump strength, not a Trump weakness. Hey, like, I, I get all the arguments, oh, Trump's not so polished, I wish he wouldn't say this or say that, okay, whatever, that's Trump, that's Trump. And honestly, that's what helped him survive the unprecedented persecution of him and his allies from 2016 until present day. You see, it's, it's, it's the law of diminishing returns. The left has been attacking Trump for so long, since 2016, leveling the same threats, threat to democracy. You know, they were calling Trump a threat to democracy. That narrative was born in 2016, before he was even president. Now they claim election denialism is the, is the issue, but, you know, the Democrats have all done that themselves. So it's all bogus. It's all a phantom issue. It's all a bunch of pap. P-A-P, vapid stupidity. So, you know, the point is, the attacks against Trump don't really land anymore. They're not really persuading anybody. I mean, the Democrats that hate Trump are never going to vote for Trump anyway. They'll vote against their own self-interest and that of of national security and everything else all day long simply because they have been told or they believe this myth that Joe Biden's a decent, moral, wonderful person and Trump is bad. But if you substitute DeSantis in there, those punches are going to land. You think they're not going to come up with new scandals? You don't think they're going to invent hoaxes to go after DeSantis? You don't think they're going to dig deep into his history? I mean, remember what they... Look, Harry Reid... You know, now, John McCain, the left, celebrates, right? They, they wish, oh, if every Republican be like John McCain, those were the good days. But when John McCain was actually running for president, 
They came out and said that he didn't have the temperament to be president. They said nobody liked him on the left. They attacked him as being dangerous. Mitt Romney, they did the same thing to him. So this is not going to change. You know, the environment is hostile, not because of any of our candidates. It's hostile because the Democrats are hostile. Now, I've got a, I've got a um, cube cut one, Captain. I want you to understand something. Now, I, I look, I'm not going to turn this. I'm going to do, I'm doing a lot of minutes on Trump DeSantis right now, and I'm not going to do this every episode. I'm really not. I mean, when it comes time to it, I'll get into it. This is not going to be a Trump DeSantis show. This is going to be a focus on what the Democrats are doing and, and so on and so forth show like it's always been. I'm just not, I'm not, not going to do it. You know, I'm, I, and, and, and when I talk about these issues, when they do come up, out of respect for you, I will tell you what my personal strong opinion is and I'll tell you what the facts are. I can distinguish the two, okay? Sometimes and usually they're the same thing. But DeSantis is not the good guy in all of this that a lot of people are being led to believe. And the ad I'm going to play for you is the most... Honest, it could be spoken from Trump's own lips. It's the most honest assessment, even though it's an attack ad against DeSantis, it's the most honest ad describing this breakdown in the relationship between Trump and DeSantis. DeSantis would not have been elected governor without Trump's endorsement. Now, DeSantis is a career politician. And again, I don't hate DeSantis. But I just want you to understand that in 10 years, DeSantis has put himself on a course and there are people backing him that want him to be president. Okay, whatever. But he was in the Florida House in 2013. He served in Congress less than two years in 2018 because he dropped out to seek an opportunity to be governor of Florida. That's his third job in four years. He won the governorship with Trump's endorsement. That was in January of 2019. And in 2021, people were already saying, oh man, this is the guy to inherit the presidency, well, in terms of the nomination after Trump. And DeSantis said time and time again, no, 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 that's rumors. I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to do that. And now he's running for president. Now he has every right to do that. But I mean, I think if you can try and put yourselves in these individual shoes, DeSantis is a very ambitious man. That's fine. I hope he keeps his values. I hope he can do great things for America. I I hope he can be a great president one day too. But but regardless, I can't read. I don't know DeSantis. I, I can't read into his soul. I'm not on the phone with him. He's not my buddy. I can't read his internal thoughts. So I'm not I'm not gonna speculate on that. But what I can tell you with my own insider information. Because look, I don't talk about this all the time, but remember, when I'm not behind the microphone, I'm doing PR. And I'm doing it for very, very famous people in this country. The Peter Navarros and the Paul Man. Oh, those are all people that I've done PR for, right? The establishment has leached on to DeSantis. Again, I'm not saying anything about what DeSantis' personal opinions are, but I'm saying that they look at DeSantis as a means of restoring the establishment republicanism, the old republicanism before Trump, 
to the Republican Party. That is what is happening. I'm telling you that's what's happening. Now, DeSantis hopefully has the judgment to fight against that and so on and so forth. But I'm telling you, they're using him as a vessel to take back the Republican Party from conservatives. That's what they're doing. Now, Mark Simone was on TV the other day talking about how the Bushes run this campaign. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And this is a problem. And DeSantis is going to have no problem raising money. He's going to raise a ton of money because they are looking to put him in office. Now, now imagine that you're the man responsible for someone's political career. And imagine there's, there's a degree of respect that this young acolyte of yours who you're essentially training, this young acolyte who you're endorsing, this young acolyte who you are helping using all of your political power to make him a star. Imagine that student suddenly stabs you in the back. I'm just telling you the reality. Don't hate the messenger, okay? I'm telling you what Trump is thinking and what he's feeling. All right? Play, play, play the uh, cut one, Captain. I want you to listen to this campaign ad. Listen closely, as objectively as you can, because what he says in this ad is actually factually correct. Go ahead, Captain, play it. DeSantis was struggling big time in his primary race for governor of Florida. Polls revealed DeSantis was failing so bad, he was losing by a staggering 17 points. Then DeSantis was saved by the endorsement of President Trump. Trump's support was so powerful, just days after the endorsement, DeSantis took a commanding lead that propelled him to being elected governor. I'd like to thank our president for standing by me when it wasn't necessarily the smart thing to do. You're welcome, Ron. Unfortunately, instead of being grateful, DeSantis is now attacking the very man who saved his career. Isn't it time DeSantis remembers how he got to where he is? Make America great again. Build the wall. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. Truth is, there's only one person who can make America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. So, I mean, take it however you want it. But I'm just telling you, Ron DeSantis was at one point begging for Donald Trump's help. I mean, honestly, I don't mind the ad as a conservative, but that he just played a clip there of Ron DeSantis. Build the wall. What? I mean, he's gro- He's like groveling at the feet of Donald Trump there. And, and whatever. Now, the thing that bothers me, because I'm on Twitter sometimes, and most of you aren't, that's fine. Twitter's not the real world. But I do learn a lot of things about people in our movement on Twitter. It's getting nasty. And these are self-interested people who are hoping, jockeying for a cabinet position, jockeying for some kind of job in the future with DeSantis. Fine, that's human nature. But the, but, but the, but the, the things they're saying are fraudulent. They're lying about who they are, and they're lying about who DeSantis is on certain positions as well. And all these people are on the DeSantis payroll. That's a fact. If you're on Twitter, you can see. You can tell who's getting paid by the either the DeSantis campaign, Super PACs, or the Koch brothers. 
You can tell who's on the payroll because their Twitter accounts all of a sudden are solely devoted to tweeting out about Trump like they're like you you'd expect from Democrats. So I, let me just read a couple of things. So Reuters, this is from July, 2021. Trump backed DeSantis 42 when the then little known U.S. congressman ran for governor in 2018, propelling him over a more established Republican contender. DeSantis, whose office declined an interview request citing the Surfside tragedy, that was a, a building collapse in uh, Florida at the time, has maintained that his only political focus is on winning re-election in Florida next year. Now, DeSantis knew he was going to run for president all along. I mean, they just this does irk me. I just, just something doesn't sit right with me about this. He runs for governor of Florida, a four-year term, and he's ready to bail on Florida because he wants to be president. And the problem is, if he wanted to do that to save the Republican Party and he was the most conservative candidate, that would be one thing. But it's a little bit different situation because we have... We have an alpha male ready to go in and decimate the Democrats. So do you see the problem here? It's not like there's a void. It's not like there's this vacancy that must be filled and he has to save the day. We have a guy and he's not polling well. His poll numbers are going down. Any poll you look at. Latest poll I saw, Marquette, has Trump at 46 and DeSantis at 25. Now here's all I'll tell you is... In terms of advice, you know, not that you come here for advice, but maybe you do. You should. But um, just use your own discernment. You know, look, there are things that I see from Trump people coming out. I don't like. I don't like lies. I don't like lies. But DeSantis is doing it, too. And when you see it, you just have to take everything with a grain of salt, salt and do your own research. Do your own research. And I want to give you a couple examples here. Now, DeSantis, is, his campaign is trying to make this about COVID, right? They're trying, he's trying to suggest that he would have handled COVID differently than Trump. He's trying to basically attack Trump for COVID and make himself look like the COVID savior, whatever. But it's not true. It's not true. I got a tweet. I mean, DeSantis and him are out there saying he would have fired Fauci. He would have fired Fauci. Well, Vice President Pence was the one in charge of that whole operation, by the way. But yeah, good luck. You're going to fire Fauci. Anyway. So, so he's trying to act like Trump got everything wrong and DeSantis got everything right. And all the lockdowns you experienced and everything else, that would have not happened somehow for DeSantis. Like he would have saved us. And yet it was a state's issue. So how are you going to force Democrat governors to do your bidding. All you can do is put out and make the recommendations. And Trump did that very early on. By April, he was saying, right? March, we shut down. April, Trump's out there saying, we can't let the cure be worse than the the disease. Trump and DeSantis were on the same page of the White House. DeSantis went and had a meeting in the White House with Trump early on. But I just want to read, this is, do I have, no, I don't have it. Okay. I didn't take a picture. All right. This is a tweet from DeSantis on March 25th, 2020. Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci agree there is too high a risk that travelers from the New York tri-state area have been exposed to COVID-19. 
I appreciate their support for my executive order requiring such individuals flying into Florida to self-quarantine for 14 days. The point is, at some point, yes, DeSantis got it right. At some point, he got it right, and he, he was off to the races. But it is, like, it is as big a lie as the Democratic Party lied that they're the party of anti-discrimination, that there was a big switch and they became the proponents of civil rights. and the Repu- This is how big a lie this is about COVID. And I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. It's disgusting. The other thing out there, you got DeSantis. He's out there saying he would have, um, what, what is this? He's saying he, he'd repeal whatever the bill was. I don't even remember the name of the bill. Right, he reduced penalties or something. The jail, the jailbreak bill is what they're calling it now. It didn't really sit well with conservatives. Honestly, it wasn't a great bill. I think this was after Trump. Look, Trump's not perfect, okay? But this is after Trump, I think, met with a Kardashian girl, Kim. You know, and she was lobbying him for this reform. Democrats loved it. But anyway, DeSantis called this bipartisan bill that Trump signed in 2018. It reduced mandatory minimum federal prison sentences and allowed a pathway for nonviolent offenders to reduce prison time. He calls it a jailbreak bill. And he says he would get rid of it, right? He's trying to distinguish himself from Trump. And yet, when DeSantis was in Congress, you know, for one year before he resigned so he could run for governor, well, he voted for the bill. He supported the bill. So, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just pointing out, you know, just be careful. Be careful. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Captain? I'm just trying to be honest. I'm trying to be honest. All right. Um you, look, neither of these guys are Ronald Reagan, by the way. I just want you to know that. DeSantis is a really awkward guy. Um Trump is what he is as well, you know. He, people don't like things about him, but you know, I talked to a lobbyist. During the lockdowns, he was out in California. I ran to this lobbyist. He lived in Florida, and he, he spent a lot of time with DeSantis. And I asked him, I said, hey, have you met DeSantis? And look, I love DeSantis. I was cheering DeSantis. I wished I lived in Florida at the time. Still do, actually, except for the weather. But anyway, I was talking to this guy, and I just say, hey, I mean, what, what do you think about DeSantis? And I was coming from a, a pro-DeSantis perspective. And he said, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, he's he's... He doesn't, he, he doesn't have a lot of like social grace. He told me a story about how DeSantis was known for chewing his food with his mouth open and kind of, you know, just, just my, my, my point is he's not a polished guy. Now he's come a long way. Um, and that doesn't matter to us. We care about the ideology, but I'm just, I'm just saying there's a lot of opportunity for the left to attack. And, and my point with 2024 anyway is, you know, if you're on a mission to literally save the country from demolition, it's kind of a last-ditch last effort and opportunity to really honestly reverse course. Otherwise, it's going to get so bad, I'm really concerned. You know, would you would you send, like, let's talk about the SEAL. Would you send, like, SEAL Team 6 in for the most important mission? You know, a bunch of seasoned... SEALs, the best of the best, even in the SEAL community, who've seen combat tours, who have done these missions a hundred times, who know the threat, who've been wounded and battered and so on and so forth. 
Or would you send in somebody who just got out of buds? I mean, I, I guess that's my point. You know, it's like, you've got a guy, and I like that he has a chip on his shoulder. You just, you can't recreate that. You know, a guy who was abused and so on, that guy has an ax to grind, and you can only have that kind of mentality if you've been through the ringer. All right, whatever. I don't know if you've heard this. I've got really, really, honestly, this was the worst news of my day. Judge me for what I'm going to say as you wish. But I lost my favorite fast food chain. It joined the ranks of Target, Kohl's, basically every company that exists now, Bud Light. Well, they have embraced the Marxist, communist, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. This is like, you know, CRT, critical race theory, that's where they target children to indoctrinate them to believe that their skin color determines whether or not they are oppressors or the oppressed in perpetuity. DEI is like that for the adults, DEI is what they do at companies to not, you know, DEI is actually worse than CRT. It's like socialism and fascism and communism. Socialism is the ideology. CRT is the ideology of fomenting racism in America. But DEI is the implementation of it. That's where you go into companies and your hiring practices become discriminatory based on your desire to discriminate against whites and Asians in order to prove yourself an anti-racist. That's what DEI is about. Captain knows all about DEI because it's making your planes less safe. It's getting rid of the meritocracy. This is happening all over the country, college campuses, hiring practices, admissions policies, and it's from the Democratic Party. So Chick-fil-A has hired a VP of DEI or whatever. So Chick-fil-A is now a woke company. Can you believe that? I don't understand these people. I mean, I'll tell you why they're doing it in a second, but it's like Bud Light. Who do you think, who is your loyal, who's going to keep you afloat? Who's your customer base? <clears throat> you know, when it, when it was found out that the, uh, sorry, I'm out of practice. See, a week away from the microphone, you got to develop, redevelop your voice, your vocal. It's an art. Um, you know, you remember when they, 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 the left found out that the CEO, one of the Cathy's, I think, had donated to anti-alphabet mafia causes. And the left was boycotting Chick-fil-A. In fact, they won't eat. So in Napa, not far from where I live in, in the Napa Valley, there's no Chick-fil-A. Do you know why there's no Chick-fil-A in Napa? Because Napa's run by a bunch of left-wing kooks. And they will not permit Chick-fil-A to build a store in Napa because of the LGBTQ stuff, still. And those are the people that Chick-fil-A is going to cater to now, people that won't eat there. It's insane. It's like this... Anyway... So, so Chick-fil-A, so, you know, we got CRT, we got DEI, we got ESG. ESG is what is responsible for Chick-fil-A. 
It's why Chick-fil-A is doing this. It's why Target's doing this. It's why Kohl's is doing what they're doing with pride. It's why all these companies are going woke. It's imported communism. ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. I know it sounds stupid, but it's a credit score. And it has nothing to do with your sales. It has nothing to do with your profitability. It has nothing to do with those factors that actually matter with investment, right? How well is your company going to to, uh, operate? What's the profit going to be? Is it a great product? Is there a market for it? ESG replaces that. It's called stakeholder capitalism. I don't have time for another Drew University moment here, but basically you've got big investment firms like BlackRock, right? If you're a company and you need investment, you need capital, right? Well, these companies at the top that are providing the money, the banks and so on and so forth, well, they're a bunch of woke leftists. So if you're a gun company, you have a very bad ESG score because guns are bad. If you support the LGBTQ Pride Month with your stuff, you have a high ESG score. So environmental, if your company is devoted to reducing your carbon footprint, that makes you attractive to investors. What does that have to do with your product? Nothing, but that's the point. This is fascism. So about 80% of these companies are already doing this. That's what's shocking. And Chick-fil-A just joined them. And they're joining them. Target's doing it. I can tell you basically 99.9% because they value their ESG score. They don't care about their customer. They just want to appease the Marxist agenda. So their ESG score looks good. That's what it is. It's about embracing DEI. And it's amazing. I've seen all these things out there, Captain, people talking about how, you know, uh, I don't know. There's looting at Target stores now by the right wing. BS. You know who's actually... So uh, it's crazy that, that we live in two realities. The real world that you and I live in and then the left's fantasy land. But there was an email sent out. Let me just read this email. Target is full of blank curse word obscenity that I can't repeat. Cowards who turned their back on the LGBTQ community and decided to cater to homophobic right-wing redneck bigots who protested and vandalized their store. This is a threatening email sent to several Target locations in Ohio and one in Pennsylvania. We won't stand idly by as the far right continues to hunt us down. We are sending you a message. We placed a bomb in the following Targets. We will continue to bomb your Targets until you stop cowering and bring back your LGBT merchandise. The left is militant. The left is dangerous. The left is fascist. The left is communist. The left is violent. The left is tyrannical. And they put all those labels on us. We're not doing this. Well, we're about out of time here. I didn't have time to get in the debt ceiling. This is what happens when you're out of practice for a week. You lose time. You know, your mojo's a little off, but whatever. Let me just tell you this. The debt ceiling is a bad deal for the American people. It's uh, humiliating for us. It's kind of shocking. It's not going to get passed currently as it is, and that's good. Hopefully these people hold out. I'm going to have to get into this more. I think we're going to have to do an episode tomorrow, Captain, to talk about the debt ceiling. But uh, Newt Gingrich supports the debt ceiling. I like Newt. He's wrong on this. Mitch McConnell supports this deal, obviously. No surprise there. 
But there are some great people like Byron Donalds, who's one of my fast, has fast become one of my favorite stars in the Republican Party. This individual who's a congression, congressman from Florida, he happens to be black as well, is, well, he is, he's what I'm looking for when I'm bashing Anthony Bass, the, the, the Toronto Blue Jays pitcher. Be Byron Donalds. That's my, that's my motto. Be Byron Donalds. Don't be Anthony Bass. Anthony Bass, who got a hook in his mouth and got dragged away by the left. Anyway, all right, folks, this is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. It's been an absolute joy reconvening. Until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.